Welcome back to the program. From the highest levels of international and governmental affairs to the most personal and intimate relationships, secrets and lies are often at the heart of the narrative. We embrace privacy, yet we want truth. As individuals and as a society, we spend enormous resources covering up unpleasant truths, only to find, as we seem to never learn, that the cover-up is always tougher than the lie. Is there something in human nature or human psychology itself that makes transparency so difficult? Yet sometimes, judging from Facebook, we have a younger generation that seems to share everything. How do we square this circle and begin to understand the real power of secrets and lies? That's what author and longtime publishing executive Jane Isay set out to find out in her new book, Secrets and Lies. Jane is the author of the previous books, Walking on Eggshells, about parents and their adult children, and Mom Still Likes You Best, about adult siblings. She was formerly an editor and publisher, and it is my pleasure to welcome Jane Isay here to talk about Secrets and Lies, Surviving the Truths that Change Our Lives. Jane, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's great to have you here. There does seem to be a contradiction so much in in what we want. We want truth, we want transparency, and yet we don't really. Talk a little about that first. Well, you know, that's a very interesting question. I think that, in general, in in our culture, uh, and certainly in politics, we we strive to uh, learn as much as we can about what's going on in government. My concern is more about families and the ways in which we cover up things we're ashamed of and then have to lie about them. And then we suffer, the person who keeps the secret suffers a loss of self, uh, self-identity self and loses intimacy and, of course, is always worried that that secret might come out. When it does come out, as it inevitably does, then the person who receives the secret, what, we, what I call the finder, is shocked is surprised, is left totally un, unaware of what happened and what might happen in the future, and very angry. So, and that is the that is the balance of of family secrets. Now, I'm not in favor of everybody telling everybody everything about everything because that's just too much. But there are what I've written about, what I'm thinking about, and talking about are the secrets that we keep. And we don't like the truth. What about the idea, though, that there are certain personal secrets, family secrets, individual secrets, that it's important to keep, that maybe shouldn't be shared, the things that we are sometimes too critical of young people for sharing too much on things like Facebook and and other places? Well, I I think that, by and large, important facts about families need not be secrets. Um, And in, in the research for my book, you know, I found people who were gracious enough to tell me the secrets that they had learned or kept. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if somebody's father is not really their father, they might it might be good for them to know because <laughs> there will be differences uh, that they've noticed between. Uh, there's a woman I interviewed who was tall and green-eyed, and her sisters were short and brown-haired, and she thought she was the ugly duckling until she finally, finally, finally got her mother to confess that her father, the man who was raised her as her father, was not her biological father. And it helped her to understand who she really was. Talk about the power of these secrets, particularly among those that are keeping the secrets, the impact that it has on, on people's lives trying to keep these secrets for such long periods of time. Yeah, well, it, 
I, I, let's start at the beginning. Something happens that you're not proud of, that you've done, or that's about, about you. So you say, I can't tell anybody. I'm going to keep this a secret. Boom. Now it's under wraps. Then in order to keep the secret, you have to walk around the truth. We might call it lying. Often it is not saying lies of omission. And it is very hard on a person. I know this because I kept a secret about my husband mm-hmm. uh, for 10 years, kept it from my family, from my friends, and most importantly, from my sons. And you get lonely because you can't really open up to people. The kind of relaxed conversations that you have with good friends can't have them because, God forbid, uh, the conversation should get near your secret and you might uh, drop a, a hint of the truth. So that's one thing. One has to do with intimacy. The next has to do with the sense we all want to feel that we are good people and the sense that you're not really being a good person because you're keeping, because you're lying. It really eats into your sense of your character. So it's a hard thing to do. And I know that, you know, so much of, so much of, uh, of the anger at the secret keeper is what we know about. And, and in my book, I'm also trying to find a way for us to understand what it feels like uh, to keep a secret. Do people find, I mean, in the people that you interviewed and talked to about yeah. this, that by the time they finally reveal that secret, sometimes mm-hmm. years and years have gone by, that once they reveal it, they wonder why they kept it a secret for so long? That's a very good point. Um, when you keep a secret, the reason you keep a secret is because you're afraid that you're going to, that when the truth comes out, they're going to be angry at you. They're not going to love you, and the world is going, your world is going to end. And certainly, take an example of people who have come out, uh, gay people who've come out. In the old days, and I've I've interviewed people in my book, were thrown out of their families for being gay 30 years ago. But more recently, um, a woman I know. Uh, discovered that her son, her son came out to her when he was 28. And you know what she was so sad about? She was sad because he had waited so long to tell her and he thought she wouldn't love him. So it, a lot of these secrets, which carry so much shame, may carry less shame uh, as the culture changes. Another secret that is, I, I, I hate to be, I don't mean to laugh about it, but you know, women have gotten pregnant before they got married since the beginning of time. And in 20, 30 years ago, it was a shame if you had a shotgun marriage. Um, and today, of course, movie stars are having babies with other movie stars without any, uh, any ecclesiastical or, or legal affirmation. So, so times change. Times change, but the other side of that is arguably the secrets get bigger and darker and deeper as times change, as some of these things that used to be worthy of shame and secrecy are no longer, so that the secret now has to be larger or even more dramatic, arguably. Well, I'm not, I I didn't find that. The people who I talked to, and of course, they chose to be interviewed, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it takes a lot of courage to tell to tell me your story when we're dealing with secrets and lies. Um, it seemed to me that the people that I interviewed, they all had common garden variety secrets, or they had found them out. A uh, father who had been had a, had a first family long before he raised the family in which the, the person I interviewed uh, was born. The um, the woman who who learns from her mother that her father isn't as dead 
as she had been told all her life. Those are the kinds of family secrets that I've heard. Um, there are I've I heard a couple of secrets about people who there was one woman who was furious at her brother because when he told the family that he was going to Latin America to study AIDS, he was really going to jail. And and she wasn't angry. She knew what she wasn't angry at him for having broken the law. She was angry at him for not being repentant. That goes to the heart of this idea. I mean, we certainly talk about it in politics a lot, but in many ways it's just as true in intimate relationships that yes. the keeping of the secret, the cover-up, is worse than the crime or the secret itself. There's no question that you're right. And the longer you keep it, the worse it gets. So, you know, you do something, something terrible happens that you're ashamed of, and so you suppress it. And then you can't tell because you're, you're so anxious and upset. And then you decide you can't tell because they'll be mad at you. And then you can't tell because you waited so long to tell you have to wait longer. And it is always the cover-up that is as gets as much anger and rage as the secret because it's the cover-up that is the treachery. How could you have lied to me for so long? How could you have made me believe this or that? And that is a very... That is where the conversation... The, the revelation conversation ends. How could you not only do it, but lie to me? Now the reconciliation conversation begins in the next act. It's interesting because in many ways the how could you part of it takes mm-hmm. some of the, once it, once the secret is revealed, the how could you part of it takes some of the onus off the original secret in, in some respects yes. and arguably makes it easier to tell that secret uh, I think I think you're I think you're right, but it's it's the I think in many ways the lies and the cover up are more treacherous than the act because and I because you are constantly constantly misleading somebody and uh, you know in public life we think of of Richard Nixon as the great the great cover up um, and and it was for the cover up that he got in trouble um, because. That's how we think. We want, once we're, it, it's being deceived that makes us really, really crazy. And, um, one of the things I say in my book, in Secrets and Lies, is, you know, all the great theater, much of the great classical theater, ends with the revelation of a secret, right? Mm-hmm. So, Oedipus discovers he's been sleeping with his mother, he puts out his eyes, and the curtain falls. I believe there's another act, and that is the act of explanation and in many ways of expiation, because you can't really betray, you can't betray somebody you don't have a close relationship to, you know? I mean, somebody keeps a secret from you or lies to you at the office. That's part of being doing business. You're not going to be hurt mortally. But if somebody close to you has kept a secret from you, that really requires some conversation, some explanation, some understanding of what was going on, not only in the course of doing the act that has been kept secret, but also the reasons for keep, for lying all those years. And, and that is very hard for the person who has been guilty to do because you want to defend yourself, right? The other thing that's so interesting is the degree sometimes to which a secret or lie becomes inculcated into a person's life story. We see this in memoir sometimes, where, yes. where the remembered past becomes artificial at one point, but yet it is part of, of the narrative. It is part of the person's story that evolves over time. That's a very good point. I believe, along with some very great neuroscientists, 
that we are constantly telling ourselves the stories of our lives. Our consciousness is based on the story we're telling. It's like a movie running through our heads all the time. And the story of our lives changes in our minds with what has happened, with how we feel about what has happened. You know, if you're in a good mood, your life, you, the story of your life is upbeat, and if you're depressed, it's like, how can I have lived so long with so much pain? Well, the same is true with memoir writers, with people who are, we're constantly reconceiving our past based on what is, what is in our consciousness at the moment. So you can't rely on any of those memoirs, but what you can rely on is the truth that the writers are seeking and the universality of the emotions that they are expressing. But in reality, it sometimes gets to a point where the line between the truth oh, yes. and the story evaporates. That is true, but then you have to be a reporter. You know, there are people who are reporters of their own lives, who really, really, really try to stick to the facts. And um, they, can, they can do a very good job. Um, Mary Catherine Bateson wrote a biography of her mother, Margaret Mead, and she did a lot. She knew what she, she had her memories, but she did a, an immense amount of research about her mother, from, and she talked to all the people who knew her, in order to construct what was a more reliable memoir of growing up the daughter of Margaret Mead. That takes real discipline. How does all of this reconcile with the idea, and we hear it a lot in our social discourse today, that we yeah. kind of, and, and maybe it's only about those in, in public places, that we know too much about people sometimes, that people are too revelatory, that, that they should keep more secrets, there should be a greater sense of, of mystery sometimes. I think that's a good point, and I think that we there are those of us, uh, people of a grown-ups, let's call it my generation, who really would prefer people to be discreet, and all of the self-revelation that goes on in the tabloids and on social media is really not of interest. And there's a big difference between privacy and keeping secrets that are dangerous and harmful. I believe in privacy, we though. But it seems to be going away, and um, and the people who are revealing the secrets about themselves clearly are doing it not for expiation or to re change their relationships with the people they love, but to change their relationships with the audience. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the commercialization of American culture. That really doesn't. I don't really think it has the same impact as what I'm talking about. It has greater impact. It largely, but I'm talking about the life we live when the front door is shut. Right, but but even that nowadays is subject to a kind of commercialization. We talk about individuals as being their own brand, and in many ways, it gets caught up in exactly what we're talking about. You're right. You're right, and it's and it's not something that I that I'm in favor of. But I think in but I think that there's a difference between being being your own brand and being having a, a true identity, and I'm talking about the identity part of it. Who are you? What do you care about? How are you constructing your own story, and how are you creating the relationships that are really important to you, working on them, and listening hard, and being genuine and authentic? That's what I'm concerned about, and being authentic when you're keeping a secret is a very, very hard thing to do. Is it possible to do both? Is it possible to be authentic and keep secrets? Well, 
that's a very hard question. You, I don't think so. I think what happens to the person, the last woman in my book, Jackie, describes her life of keep, see, keeping secrets from childhood until she finally revealed what had happened to her and who she really is. And at the and the book ends with her saying, I am so happy to be myself. I can be my the same person with you, and I can be the same person with my friends, and I can be the same person with my mother. I'm so glad to be whole now. And that speaks to the fracturing of, of ourselves when we have to keep up different fronts with different people. Fitzgerald talking about Gadsby as being made up of an unbroken series of successful gestures. That's exactly right. Beautiful. And in many ways, today, we talk out of both sides of our mouth because we talk a lot about authenticity, and yet there's less of it in so many respects. Yes, but within families, I'm not sure you're right. I think people, I think the family is the spaceship of human evolution. I think that's a mixed metaphor, too. But you know what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. We survive. We are, we're programmed by our DNA to survive in groups, in families. The closeness of our relationships and the authenticity of our relationships is what causes us to live. We know that if, that people live longer when they have loving friends and family around them. And these, this is what I'm talking about. In those close relationships, if we have secrets and if we have find revelations, we have to figure out a way not to break off if we can, because the people who are closest to us, and many of the secrets are, of course, the most important secrets, are held by and revealed to people we're close to. That's what we really, what I'm focusing on the book, and I believe that most people can survive most revelations. Mm-hmm. If the person who's kept the secret really wants to keep the relationship going, and if the person who's been surprised, if the finder is not wholly enraged, and, and, and devastated. I, you know, I, I didn't put it in the book, but I can say to you, you know, if people could survive the Holocaust and Hiroshima, they can survive knowing that your father is not really your father. I wonder if there's an equally powerful evolutionary force, something else in our DNA, that goes back to secrets we kept on the plains as to where food was hidden. That, Absolutely. That, that leads us to want to keep secrets as well. Well, yes, and you know, somebody asked me when you know how how long has it been that we kept secrets, and I said Adam and Eve. You know, <laughs> of course, we want to protect ourselves, and we want to. We have needs. You know, on the plains we needed food, and in the trees we needed sex, and we and and the culture is growing, growing around us, and saying, "Thou shalt not, thou shalt not." Ten commandments, I believe, are the commandments. Um, uh, keeping you from doing the ten most done things, you know? So, of course, we want to keep secrets, and often it's fine. But when we have something that we know is in our hearts, and it is something the person we love deserves to know, that's where it hurts. Jane, I say the book is Secrets and Lies, Surviving the Truths that Change Our Lives. It's just out from Doubleday. Jane, I thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's my pleasure, and don't forget my website, Jane Isay, J-A-N-E-I-S-A-Y dot com. Jane Isay, thank you so much. Secrets and Lies is the book. We'll take a break. I'll be right back.